At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Monday, the day after an Eagles victory down in Charlotte yesterday. Welcome in, everyone, to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. This is... Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen, all presented by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com, use that keyword Jacob, and get 15% off a one-liter bottle. Do what a lot of people did leading into the game this week. Went to statesidevodka.com. Even Jody Mack picked up his special package, courtesy of Stateside Vodka, out at Screwballs on Thursday night. We welcome in John McMullen. He's, uh, tra- he traveled back home today uh, from Charlotte, and it's time to get into, into a deep dive. Johnny Mack, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Yeah, I got the stateside vodka right there, Krause, and I uh, love it. Yeah, got the lemon right there. It's good stuff. It's great stuff, actually. A lot of people enjoying trying, sampling, using that 15% off. <laughs> Uh, off of that one liter bottle, which is kind of a really unique thing here in the state of Pennsylvania to be able to do that. Um, and it's all good stuff, Johnny Mac. Uh, yeah, and you needed it at halftime for a little uh, uh, disappointment pickup. And then after the game, it was celebratory. Uh, yeah, really a, a tale of two, yeah, yeah, real, real tale of two halves. I want to get into your deep dive because you'll help us make sense make sense of it all but first let's talk about the head coach and his press conference today I know that you made it back home and were able to be part of the day after press conference sometimes that doesn't work out with your travel uh, but today it did tell us about it well I think you know I think uh, Nick's like a lot of us you know you wake up and you're like, oh, here come the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night. So, you know, the NFL has that much talked about 24-hour rule uh, where you win or lose, you celebrate for 24 hours, you have a, a stateside vodka for that, or, or you're disappointed, you get over it in 24 hours on to the next team. These short weeks, these Thursday night games, you don't even have time for that. It is just bang right in the preparation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning Super Bowl champions. Now, the good part of that is at least it's at home at Lincoln Financial Field. So it's Tampa that has that added travel hurdle on on top of um, a short week. But um, short weeks are always difficult for teams. We talked about it leading up to this game because Christian McCaffrey got hurt on a Thursday night game. He talked about it in advance of the Eagles game. And he said, you know, he didn't think he would have gotten hurt. He just didn't have any, any rest time, any time to get back in the groove before he was on the field Thursday night. All of a sudden he, he strains his hamstring. He's been out since. Um, there was talk he would play against the Eagles. He'll probably play this week. 
Uh, but we'll see uh, how that goes moving forward. But you, you got to be very careful. So it's just going to be walkthroughs, um, you know, really Tuesday, no practices. And this is how Doug Peterson, this is not, you know, a lot of people get on Nick Sirianni. Jody did it this morning on Birds 365 about the lack of preparation time. I always tell them two things. One, it's an organizational decision. It's not Nick's decision. But on a Thursday, Thursday, week of a Thursday game, everybody does it this way. There's You can't practice. These guys need time to recover from playing an NFL game. Football was not designed to play twice in four days. And that's what you're doing, essentially. Today in the press conference, John, um, in speaking with uh, the head coach, um, much of that conversation I'm assuming today was about yesterday, was about the game in Carolina. If you're listening to sports talk radio, if you're watching perhaps on the Jacob Media YouTube channel or you're consuming information today, um, there's a part of the Delaware Valley not very happy with head coach Nick Sirianni, not very happy with um, single-digit rushing numbers in that first half, not very happy with uh, some of the plays, some of the fundamentals, the flag in the end zone against Greg Ward from uh, running a rub route, uh, you know, and, and the execution of that supported by the head coach. I know there's a lot there. I'm wondering how much of that was actually talked about in the press. I have a feeling a lot of it was. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of give and take. There were talks about Jalen's game. That's how I started it off. There was talk about Landon Dickerson tweaking his ankle. There was talk about Lane Johnson. And, you know, Nick showed up with 65 on his visor. So he's been doing that with Brandon Graham and Isaac Sayamalo. So, a lot of us said, well, does, does this mean Lane Johnson's out for the season? Because those are the stickers of the players that, that Nick Sirianni has been putting uh, on his visor. But he said no. It was just uh, in support of Lane Johnson. They expect him back at some time, but there's no certainty as to when. Do not expect him on Thursday. Um, there was talk about his play calling, especially in the first half. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, the screens and the short pass is not, not working. Uh, why didn't he shift a little bit, uh, quicker, which I think is a legitimate question because I think against a better team, he was probably, he probably did it too late. Um, to be honest, for instance, if it was Tampa Bay and you're struggling like that, you got to make the adjustments more quickly. Uh, but Carolina wasn't able to take advantage of it from an offensive perspective. So they they had a little bit more of a margin for error. Um, you know, Zach Ertz, I think I said it on the postgame show, ran a perfect rub route. Um, in the middle of the field, they, they converted a first down to Kenny Gainwell. They know what to do. They're teaching people what to do. Can't go out on the field and execute for players. So when you have a, a, a route ran like that by Greg Ward, you got to put it on the player. I, I mean, that's that's a player problem. That's a personnel problem. 
And the Eagles are not deep at receiver. We all know that. Um, they probably only have two receivers playing at a level that is good enough, and that's Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. I don't even think Jalen Rager is playing at that level. Then you get down to Greg Ward, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. You know, it's tough when you want to play 11 personnel. Guys aren't just getting it done. Similar on the defensive side of the ball, we talk about the linebackers, the safety specifically. Personnel is not good enough. Trying to get Davion Taylor more involved. I've been advocating throw him in the deep end of the pool since the spring. See, see what he's got because at least you know he's got the speed, the strength, and the athleticism. We'll see if he has all the other stuff, but he keeps getting hurt. He's finally healthy. They threw him out there a little bit more. I think you're going to see more and more of Davion Taylor because he played pretty well. Um, look, Nick says it all the time when he's talking about his scheme. Players, players, players before scheme. It, it, he's right. It's players, players, players. You can't execute for these players. And Greg Ward's on the field. That's a problem. That's the problem. You know, that's not good enough. Got to get better personnel. So, you know, what What can you do as a coach? You can mask as many deficiencies as possible. Um, I don't know uh, if, if that's the way uh, this season is going to unfurl unfortunately, because it, they're not in a position from a personnel standpoint to be a significant contender. So sometimes I wonder, you know, what people are expecting. Well, if they're going to, and I know you've also said this, if they're going to come to an answer, on Jalen Hurts and directionally the future of this club based on that answer, should the game plan that the head coach is calling yeah. put, put Jalen Hurts in a position that allows you to evaluate him and allows him to run an offense that's going to force him to succeed or fail. I don't know. I mean, I'm asking. Yeah, I've made that, uh, that question. I put that question out there myself and I don't, I don't have the answer to that. Ultimately, you know, people can ask me and I give my opinion. I do not think long-term Jeffrey Lurie wants to run this offense. I don't think that's his vision of his football team. So it's sort of a disconnect. Nick Sirianni's trying to win on Sunday. He's trying to beat the Carolina Panthers. He's going to try to win on Thursday night. Um, a lot of times you're you're on two different paths, and they're not coincide. They don't coincide together until you are a contender. And by that I mean as the GM, Howie Roseman, as the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, you know, they might – have more interest in 2022 and 2023 than 2021 because they don't think they're ready yet. But the head coach has got to go out there and try to win football games. So how do you win football games? 
well, what we just said about some of the personnel. You try to mask as many deficiencies as possible. With Jalen Hurst, Jalen Hurts, they're trying to mask as many deficiencies as possible. But while doing that, you don't necessarily get a firm grasp on what he is as a quarterback. For instance, if you don't let a quarterback throw the football consistently in the middle of the field, I mean, are you ever going to get a feel for for a guy if if you're constantly running bubble screens, screens, uh, swing passes? These are extension. You know, people talk about the running game. What the hell do you think these things are? They're extensions of the running game. You know, they might be a, a pass on the stat sheet. Okay, but it's a bubble screen. It's 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 an extension of the running game. So that's why I have a, a, a big problem with people who who just look at the black and white of the game book and say there's not enough runs there. All they did, everything was in behind the line of scrimmage or within two yards of the line of scrimmage. Those are not pet, those are not significant pass plays those are extensions of the running game and guess what they weren't working um and he should have shifted off of that because carolina was jumping everything i mean in other words all passes aren't created equally the the 53 yard pass to quez watkins or whatever it was is not the same as the bubble screen to quez watkins or Jalen Rager that loses three yards. It's not created equally. Yeah, Quez had a 53-yard completion. The stat sheet will show him with three completions and 46 yards or whatever, you know, exactly. or, 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 or whatever it is. Yeah. Football 24-7 with John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. John's deep dive in after that Eagles win yesterday. I, I almost I'm hesitant to say this. Like it or not, we won. Right. I, I almost feel as though there's this vibe that okay, we won, but it still feels like a loss. I don't think it should feel that way. I don't think it should feel that way. I mean, they won the football game. I think there's a lot of good things to talk about in the second half. I mean, the people were killing the defense. Now they just go to kill the offense. The defense was dominant, especially the front four. You had three sacks. You had eight quarterback hurries. You had six tackles for losses. You had uh, three interceptions. I mean, what more do you want from a defense than that? And then you have the special teams. You have the 58-yard field goal by Jake Elliott. You have a blocked punt <clears throat> that by T.J. Edwards that Sean Bradley set up. Um, you know, special teams uh, contributed. Uh, defense was, especially the defensive line, was lights out. Uh, dominated the football game as they should have. We talked about it all week. The Carolina offensive line was the weakness of their team when they were at full strength and they lost their left tackle and had to do a lot of the same maneuvering that the Eagles have been doing. They switched their right tackle to left tackle. They put in a rookie at right tackle. 
It was a mess, and you saw it, and the Eagles took advantage of it. And, you know, that's why I talk about context all the time. You have to put that context on it, you know, because it's going to be much more difficult against Tampa Bay, just like it was much more difficult against Kansas City. Um, But when you are put in a desirable situation, it's not a bad thing when you take advantage of it. It's a good thing. John, what did you really, what did you think about Jalen's overall body of work? He puts the hand, he puts the football, you know, on the hands of uh, his tight end. I think it was Dallas Goddard um, who had it and, and, and dropped it. He remained with the tremendous amount of composure. Yes, I know the opponent was, you know, Carolina, but Jalen was still there, you know, running the offense and then on a great pull, on a great RPO where he pulled it out, walked into the end zone to finally give Philadelphia the lead uh, at the end of that football game and Fortunately, they were able to get out of... uh, At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Get out of there with a win despite having five timeouts in the well, last I can't. Last it, here's how minutes. I compare it. I'm going to compare it because uh, uh, it's going crazy. The, the sun hasn't been out all day, so I didn't shut the blinds. I'm having a lighting problem. Okay. You, have, you have one day. This is why I'm comparing it. You have one. You have one half. It, it's dark. It's gloomy, and all of a sudden the second half comes out, and it's great. And all of a sudden the sun comes out. That's how I compare. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts. The, his, his first half numbers. I got to pull them up. I mean, they were a disaster. At, at you know, it. In fact, it wasn't even that bad because of the last drive. It was 15 to 24 for 74 yards. Um, So if you think about that, and and that was, uh, again, if you take out that last drive, 
he was at one point 20 passes and 34 yards. 20 passes and 34 yards. Less than two yards per attempt. I've never seen that before. That's when I that's what I was talking about the extension of the running game. When you, so you call those bubble screens, as you mentioned, when you bring up Quez Watkins and you say he gets a 53-yard reception and he's got 46 receiving yards in the game because everything else didn't work. You know, those are not successful pass plays, to say the least. They're not successful running plays. Maybe we need another category um, with this particular offense, an RPO-level offense. And remember, people in the NFL aren't used to this. This is a college-like offense. I say it all the time. So, you know, I got in this, I got in this conversation with Jody and Jeff Kerr this morning, and I, I brought up Penn State, Ohio State from a couple years ago, and and I remember all the Penn State fans were very, very angry. It was a, a game that had a chance to upset, obviously, a great team. It was when Trace McSorley was the quarterback. Biggest moment in – you know, at the time, probably in 10 or 15 years of Penn State football, and I had a four, big fourth down play, fourth and three or fourth and four, and I ran a, a, an RPO, and people were just incensed. And what I told Jody and Jeff is when you practice RPOs and that's your offense, that's what you run in the biggest spot. You don't turn into Bill Walsh because people want you to turn into Bill Walsh. You don't practice that stuff. You don't run that stuff. This is what the Eagles practice. This is the Eagles offense. And it's going to be ugly at times when it doesn't work. Because if you watch college football and you see RPO-driven teams, and if they're not successful, it is, I'm going to be blatantly... (laughs) Uh, uh, truthful here. It is ugly football. It is ugly, ugly, ugly football. You saw that in the first half. When that stuff doesn't work, it's ugly. But if that's what you feel you have to do because your quarterback is the type of quarterback he is, that's the offense you're going to run. That's the offense you're going to practice all week. And you're not going to turn into Bill Walsh because it's not working. You just got to execute better. So the, and I'm going to transition over the the defense, but I just want to make sure that I have this. The offense that the head coach is calling, his game plan going into the game on Sunday, he creates the game plan. He calls the offensive plays. He's literally calling or working with what he thinks best fits Jalen Hurts. And when he gets to the end of the half, first half, and he looks at those numbers and he says, holy shit, this (laughs) is really bad. What does he do? Well, they they ran uh, they ran the same stuff in the second half. 
just was successful. Now they got the big play, the Quez Watkins, but they were running RPOs. Jalen Hurts kept the football uh, and had a couple big runs. He took it out of the running back's gut, a couple big runs, and that's where we talk about. So what's the difference between the first half and the second half? Same offense, execution. Execution of that offense. That's it. It's the only difference. And they made a couple plays, and Jalen Hurts played a little bit better because Jalen did not play well. Um, I don't think he played well as a whole. I think he persevered. I think there's a lot of good points that he didn't sort of, um, you know, fall into a funk and say it's not my afternoon. And a lot of quarterbacks will do that if they have a first half the way that he did. He just came out and played the same way, and it got a little bit better. He started making a play here, play there. He got picked up by his defense. He got picked up by his special teams. And he was able to make enough plays to get him over the hump. I think that part of it's very, very positive. But overall, he did not play a good football game. So the only difference, they didn't change anything in the second half. It's just like people are saying Jonathan Gannon changed things. No, he didn't. He ran his defense. They were just more successful. Now, they did a few more things because, you know, they're playing Sam Darnold and they're not playing Patrick Mahomes. But he ran his defense. Nick Sirianni ran his offense in the second half, just like he ran it in the first half. You saw better execution. On the defensive side of the ball, John, you're saying Gannon really didn't make any adjustments at all coming into this game? Well, no, everybody makes it. The adjustments were related to the personnel. So you game plan tailored to the personnel. You know, he played cover two. Uh, a lot against Patrick Mahomes. He was trying to keep everything in front of him. He's trying to make Kansas City go on. I explained this on numerous shows, trying to make Kansas City go on very long drives, hoping to eliminate the big play, hoping that if they were forced to go 12 or 13 plays, there would be a mistake, a false start, a holding penalty, a tip ball, something. And you know, I, I've said the plan was sound. The execution of the plan was not sound. They didn't do it. The, the Chiefs were able to go down the field. They just took what the Eagles gave them, didn't make a mistake, went down the field, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. If you were watching last night's game, guess what? Buffalo, Buffalo played a ton of cover, too, against Patrick Mahomes. Why? Because they're scared to death of him. Did a better job at it. So their defensive coordinator, Sean McDermott, his defensive head coach, he's a genius. Jonathan Gannon's an idiot. They both had the same plan. One, one, the personnel in one city did it well. The personnel in another city didn't do it well. Football 24-7 with John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. A couple minutes left with John before uh, we move uh, or let him move into his uh, evening. It is a short week. Back to work. The team goes. Back to work. John goes. As he mentioned, Tom Brady uh, comes into town uh, Thursday night. Part of his, John, your deep dive, I'd love to get 
some thoughts from you about one, the offensive line, uh, Jordan Mailata, as you had stated earlier in the week, last week would start and would be at right tackle, um, which is where he was. Um, now he didn't have a hundred percent success on the right side as he did on the left side. He got beat a few times. I don't know if it was because he was on the right side and not the left side, or if it was just that angle or that step that the defender was getting around him a little bit faster than he had anticipated. And perhaps that had something to do still with the injury. I don't know. Well, yeah, number one, he's probably not a hundred percent. He's playing with a big brace on his knee. So he, he, he's, He's still not 100%, but he's going out there and playing. So you, you got to give him credit for that. He's also playing uh, on the opposite side. So that's part of it as well. But I think he, the larger point um, is when Jordan does get beat, um, and he gets beat at left tackle occasionally, it's generally by speed. Hassan uh, Reddick is a very, very uh, speedy edge rusher. And he beat him with speed. And then I would just add in, certainly the second one might have been the first one as well. He didn't get off the ball. He had a difficult time with the silent count. I think it was more of an issue with the changes there. Remember, when the Eagles are on the road, it's generally the right guard that handles the silent count. So the Eagles are on their third guy doing that. Um, uh, Brandon Brooks, obviously. Um then it was Landon Dickerson, and now it's Jack Driscoll. And Jack Driscoll, to my knowledge, had never done it before. So I think that might have been the issue uh, with the silent counts. Uh, and Jordan didn't seem to get off the ball at all on that second one. So I wouldn't be too concerned. It's certainly not going to be a problem Thursday night at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, not going to need it. So you'll have to wait to to see when they get back on the road. But Jordan's going to stay at right tackle. Andre Dillard played well. And maybe that's the silver lining to this uh, injuries first. And then Lane Johnson and his issue. Andre Dillard's showing he can play uh, left tackle in the NFL. And that can only help the Eagles. Um, whether they trade him, whether they keep him, and move on from Lane Johnson and put Jordan Mylotta at right tackle can only help the Eagles. So a silver lining to this is, is Andre Dillard is showing people that he can play left tackle in the NFL. Last thought from John McMullen, football 24-7 with the John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel presented by Stateside Vodka. We didn't have a lot of, we didn't spend a lot of time uh, Johnny Mack on in terms of on this deep dive about uh, on the defensive side of the football. Um, it's all good. They, they did get, they did get home. Uh, they did get picks. Uh, they did get some special team contribution. Um, they did get a lot out of Gannon's defense, albeit, albeit um, that uh, Sam Darnold was the, uh, uh, was the opposing yeah, quarterback. You know, but, and, and by but, the way, no. Sam Darnold's playing playing good football. So, well, you know, it is 
Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because people will bring up that context after a successful performance. And I think rightfully so, because I think, you know, Sam Darnold plays well at times, but he's not a great, uh, great quarterback in this league. And he's been having uh, obviously some offensive line issues. And when he has offensive line issues, um, he's not a great quarterback. Um, on the other hand, when Patrick Mahomes comes in, everybody acts like Patrick Mahomes didn't come in. In, in other words, they're like, this, I, I, this is the worst defense in the history of mankind. Not realizing you're playing Patrick Mahomes, you're playing Tyreek Hill. And by the way, the week before that was Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and the Dallas Cowboys. You know, coming into week five, Krause, the second-ranked offense in football was Kansas City. The third-ranked offense in football was Dallas. In other words, they're pretty good offenses. Yeah. Nobody adds that context into it. Um, so I agree with you in saying, you know, it is Sam Darnold. It's not going to be as easy Thursday night against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. But that, that, that's where you have to put that context into it. And only it seems like too many people only put it into it when a group has success. And when there isn't success, they don't look at the other side of the football and say, okay, sometimes you got to tip the Kangol hat to the other team because sometimes they have better players. <laughs> Good stuff from John McMullen tonight here on the Jacob Media Channel. Great stuff, obviously, uh, reporting down, uh, reporting in Charlotte. And then again, on a short week, it'll be a busy week for Johnny Mac. Will you do Birds 365? Are you back in the chair with Jody tomorrow or what's the schedule? Look I am like? back in the chair Wednesday, okay. Tuesday, because of the strange week. I got to do COVID testing on Tuesday and, and the big. So Tuesday is like a Wednesday. The big practice is, is tomorrow. It's not a big practice. It's just a walkthrough. But the coordinators talk, players, it's it's sort of the facsimile of the Wednesday on, on a Thursday week, which everybody hates. John, <laughs> I'll throw this out there so you remember on one of our next reports. I want to feel good about going into the game on Thursday Bob, that's going to be tough. That's right, going to so be tough. That's Here the it is, Krause. It's at Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah. And Tom Brady's old and maybe not enough recovery time. Those are those are the only two positives. I'm I'm spoiler alert. Those right. are the only two positives. As a matter of fact, before we leave, I got a text. Uh, Rob Markowski might play, and uh, Antoine Winfield will probably be back. So it's not looking good. Football twenty four seven with John McMullen here across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Don't forget to like, share, and continue to subscribe. And don't forget to go to Philly Mag. Uh, and check out Eagles Report with yours truly, John McMullen, and a couple of big announcements I believe we'll be able to make this week about Eagles Report. Looking forward to that as we continue to expand the coverage for you uh, here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Great stuff, Johnny Mac. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Uh, on behalf of John McMullen, on behalf of Xander Krause, and on behalf of all of you, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. At Parker, our purpose is simple. 
We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.